Hi, Jerry Ford here, and welcome to my podcast once again. Tonight is part six of an interview that we did in 2011 with Mr. Bunk Gardner of the Mothers of Invention. But before that, it's time to get bent, get bent, get bent.
Under the Influence Part 2 by Bent. Featuring Derek Dean on bass guitar and myself on electric guitar. Glad you're there and you will be too. It's time now for Part 6 of an interview we did in 2011 with Bunk Gardner. He talks about everything under the sun. Check it out. Again, I hate to put Frank in that light because, you know, I never had a good relationship with my father at all. But I came to realize that a lot of times you are the product of your environment. And my father grew up in an environment where being a provider was number one. Now, you can take that aspect into other things in life, And my father worked his whole life, and he never had any time to do anything with me. And, you know, in the beginning, I really felt bad about that because my father... He never hugged me. He never told me he loved me. But I understood that him being a provider was his way of meeting the requirements of a good father. And I think in some ways, Frank was a product of his environment. And I don't want to blame, you know, some of his things. It's just the way he was. And there's a lot of good things that I loved about Frank. Again, being a perfectionist, I could go on and on. But it was hard to love somebody when you don't get anything back but criticism. And you can only, I think, take so much of that, too. But I'm telling you, Italians are crazy in in, in more ways than one when it comes to their, their families. But, you know, traveling in Europe, we have acquired so many friends especially in France, that for me, there was something in the Italian lifestyle and the French lifestyle that really brings the family together. Let's sit down and break bread and whatever. That's very necessary to be able to speak what it is you feel about life and, and, and this whole thing that I think is a necessity when you talk about the meaning of life. In teaching down in Laguna Beach for 10 years, I've had to give recitals, you know, with my kids. Most of the time in one of the homes that would, they would open up. And I would always tell the parents before we start that, for me, this is the meaning of life. It's not about, you know, here we are performing for Jimmy or whatever, but it's family and friends Because, you know, when kids do well in a recital or in this environment, it's a natural stimulation to, oh, I can get better. I can, you know, do this. And I've been in this room practicing, but now I'm in the limelight and I get this applause. What a builder of self-esteem and character and things that really, again, I always related sports and music because the Greeks, you know, it's like gymnastics and music, you know, it, uh, the discipline necessary, all these other things that are combined. It's very important to instill those things that uh, regardless of whether you go on to a musical career, um, 
I'm sure that uh, it's going to be a vehicle for you later in life because for me, sitting down and playing the piano or playing my horn is therapy. And it's too bad that a lot of people don't have that in their life. You know, they work so hard and never developed a hobby that it's a shame because most of the parents whose kids I teach probably played an instrument at one point and then, you know, got caught up or I didn't have the time to practice or whatever. But they understood the need for enrichment for their kids, again, regardless of whether they followed that as a profession later on. And, you know, I always talk to the parents about the industry itself in terms of drugs and alcohol and all these things that at some point you're going to have to deal with. And I have always felt that if you came up in a fairly stable environment with both parents and a fairly loving environment, you're going to make good choices for the most part. We all have done dumb things in our life and made bad, but I think, again, there's something about those basic foundations in the family that you're going to have to make some decisions uh, at some point that are really going to help you. And for me, teaching music is more than giving a music lesson. You know, it's talking about what you need to go to the next level and what it is that your strengths are, what it is that we need to work on. And for me, because I have continued to play piano, all my students, I always provide some kind of accompaniment because let's develop uh, some solo material where you're going to be able to express yourself, not just playing in a band, but who we are because... This idea of we are all real individuals, which means, and I've had students play the same song at the same rehearsal uh, re recital, and it's a different because we are different, and I like to point that out, that this is why we are what we are, and not wanting to play like somebody else or copy something or whatever. Let's find out who you are and take that approach in whatever material we decide that you want to play to represent your best skills. And again, there's always a lot of things musically that you can talk about on how to come from a listening standpoint of why the dynamics are so important or where is the climax of this melody or just little details that show that you're not just talking in a monotone and putting people to sleep, that you are trying to express yourself as best you can, whether or not somebody agrees with your expression, but self-expression, I think, is very important, not only in music, but in our lives, in our relationships, and feeling good about it. So teaching has really rewarded me in more ways than one because of working with kids and meeting so many parents who, uh, again, a lot of them from Europe, being uh, European backgrounds, 
who want to make sure that at some point their kids get a... And I've had students start out on one instrument and switch to another because... And I always say, you know, it's okay in the beginning. Let's start with keyboard. It gives you a bass and a treble cleft to look at. Both hand, You know, uh, it's a foundation, I think, that later on you can, if you want to go another instrument, is an indisputable help that because I think a lot of times kids aren't really sure of what they want to play and believe me most of the young kids want to be guitar uh, stars because they see all this fame and fortune coming to guitar players which you know that's fine but there's nothing wrong with learning other instruments and I think at a certain stage you find out whether or not you have the ability if you're struggling all the time, this is something where music should be fun. And you find kids who have an instrument that automatically they seem to do well with. You know? They're not struggling. And I think that that really is, you've got to look at that. And again, that's why I say sometimes, even though you might not like it, but starting out on a keyboard and getting a little foundation, I always think that that's a good thing. But again, you know, well, my son wants to play guitar, you know, play like the Eagles or whatever. You have to deal with that, I think, in a, a certain way. But I try and make it a point to make sure that they're enjoying what they're doing. And when I say enjoying what they're doing, it's kind of odd that if I chose classical material for some of the young kids to practice and play, I don't think that they would practice. Number one, most of them never listened to classical music at home or whatever, never had an, in, uh, an inclination. A large section don't even know what some of the instruments in a classical orchestra are. And I found that, let's say, beginning keyboard students, if I brought in Walt Disney material, uh, Beauty and the Beast, I can go down the list. Most of them have seen the movies. Most of them know the songs. So if you give them material that they relate with, boom, uh, they want to practice. And if they know a melody well enough, if they play a wrong note, they know they played a wrong note. So, you know, for me, that's a starting point to get the kids interested because, again, if the material that they're practicing isn't relatable, you're not going to, I think, get the best out of them. So, again, teaching has... It takes you into so many areas and the first couple of years in the classroom trying to deal with kids who aren't getting attention at home so disrupt the class just so they get attention but mainly this last couple of years I just go into homes you know and teach and uh, again I love doing it and I love working with kids because uh, you know they're open for uh, a lot of things and uh, I'm sure a lot of them don't know who I am or who I've done or who I played with or any of that so for me that's good to a certain degree because you know what most of the time, I introduce myself as John Gardner. Bunk uh, is a little... I've been called punk, skunk, dunk, whatever. And honestly, I've never in my whole life met another bunk. Not that it's odd, but I've been called buck many times, which is a pretty down Texas style, you know, name. 
But that has always kind of amazed me that in my whole life I've never met another bunk. So just from that, I, I guess I have to thank my mother. I'm very optimistic about the future because at many points in my life, I've sat down and analyzed and gone through a lot of uh, things about Frank's music and why it appeals to a lot of people. And there's a connection, uh, I think, from the very beginning when I met Frank over at Don's house that it's good to be open to any form of music. I mean, you can go from bluegrass to country and you know, you name it. When performed well, it represents good things. And I've been to many, you know, John Cage concerts or whatever, a lot of avant-gardeism, if, if, if that is a word, that is also very intriguing because, again, the creative process is like you're always doing new things. So I, I look at that as another opening, again, because Don has been my roommate, it seems like, for most of my life. We've done so many things together musically that I definitely have a feeling for what he likes to do and what really complements our abilities that we have before played a Don and Bunk show. But I like some of the material that we have on the Don and Bunk show album and uh, joined at the hip. So for me, it's an opportunity, I guess, that I maybe didn't want to admit before about getting up on that stage and performing for people. And I'm not saying this, uh, well, you know, let me show you what I can do. But I think that mentally and physically, the ability to play Frank's music is a challenge in itself that really demands total concentration and, again, ability technically to play. And I love a challenge, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to going back out on the road to play Frank's music. And it's more than just playing Frank's music. Uh, you know, I've written some things, and Don has quite a few things that are, I've always liked uh, Don's writing. So, again, when now we have the opportunity to, let's say, do whatever we want, it's not quite true, but we cover so much more of an area than we did before, and it's always good to reconnect with people who either as a teenager or a young adult or whatever, Frank's music or a concert or changed their life. And again, we've heard that many times. I really understand how, in some ways, the band and his music really connected up with this person because of, again, of some of the political statements, some of the satire, some of the humor, some of the melodies, uh, all these things uh, had an effect that I'm not going to say transformed somebody, but I think that maybe there was some kind of a metamorphosis uh, that happens that turns you into a Zappa fan, but more than that, an awareness of 
all these other uh, forms of music that can be just as interesting if you open up your mind to accepting it. Because certainly there have been trillions of musicians who have played one way their whole life and only one form of music and have looked down at any other form, which I think is it's a shame. But again, for me, the opportunity to go out and kind of not exactly free form, but do whatever we want to do, and and again do the unexpected and entertain the people. You know, Jimmy Carblack would say, "Man, let's really give them a show," which in more ways than one provides them with things that maybe they've never heard or seen before. And I I think that in this day and age, that's not easy to do. Because in the 60s and even the 70s, there wasn't the fusion of all these musical styles going in all these other directions that, you know, it can overwhelm me to a certain degree. But then again, if you only like one form of music, I think you're, you're doing yourself a little injustice by not accepting or liking some of the other things uh, that are out there. I have always thought of myself as a lucky person. I don't mean in the sense that... um, you know, like I've been at the Kentucky Derby and the guy saying, hey, Nicky W. in the sixth. But opportunities that have come my way for my limited abilities, and I say that in all due respect, that I'm almost going to digress because at the age of, um, I believe I was 11 or 12, I got polio. And it wasn't of the limbs, but, you know, in the Taurus your neck and this area supposedly is the most prone to either disease or whatever. Anyhow, I got polio of my throat and everything, and it left me with no muscles in my lips. I could never, I could never blow up a balloon. So in the early days, I had to do exercises to try and strengthen my lips which in why I ended up a you know a woodwind player and my these later years my lip strength has really dwindled but I believe that was my only serious illness I spent a summer in a hospital with polio that I was lucky that you know guys were had braces and were you know all sorts of uh, debilitating uh, things happened to them but again, I do feel that I, I was a very lucky guy in being able to have these experiences musically. And, you know, it enables you to meet so many people that you would normally never have and, again, strike up friendships, which, you know, it comes back to my core values of the meaning of life. And I can remember sometimes sitting around with Jimmy and everybody and knowing I'm listening to what they're talking about and I'd say something like you know guys let's talk about the meaning of life you know everybody would crack up and start laughing like oh fuck what are you you doing you know man come on man smoke another joint or whatever but 
later on, those kind of things, you know, for me, come back. And again, you know, once you've started a family and whatever, and you find out where your priorities are, then, you know, certain things have more meaning than others. And for me, I again feel that I've been a very lucky guy and uh, and still at this point starting to go back out and play uh, some Zappa stuff, but more so do what we want to do. You've been listening to Bunk Gardner of the Mothers of Invention on my podcast. I'm Jerry Ford. I want to thank you for tuning in and checking it out. Make sure you're here for the next episode when we continue this with part six of that wonderful, wonderful story from Bunk Gardner. If you'd like to be part of the show, musically, noisily, <laughs> or whatever, record your music, your sounds, your noise, and send them to me. My email address is bentmusic, B-E-N-T, music, at sbcglobal.net. Send me your audio offerings, and you can become part of the show. Till I hear from you next time, take care. Thanks for being there. I'm out of here. Out of here. Out of here. Out of here.